Hello, gamers, and welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast, episode 96. Woo! Woo, indeed. We are recording... Thursday. On Thursday, April 22nd, 2021. <laughs> Earth Day, I think, right? Am I Is wrong? It? I hope so. I love Earth Day. I love the Earth. I do, too. They used While to give I quick us... fact check myself... <laughs> Today, Earth Day. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I used to love Earth Day. They used to give us a tree in like elementary school to bring home. And we always planted them. Oh, really? That's rad. Mm-hmm. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. The salty sternum. Occasional gamer. Um, this week on the podcast... Uh, we're going to talk about PlayStation having a heart and listening to people's feedback um, and xCloud coming to iOS finally and uh, rumors that Knights of the Old Republic is being remade. Um, and joining me to talk about all that great stuff is the one and only AJ ID. AJ, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm here for it. Uh, this is the first I heard about this potential remake of star wars new republic so i'm definitely intrigued about that i am too since i have never played it although you know i picked a bad time to buy it for four dollars on <laughs> uh on steam um but you know there's never a good time to buy a game that's gonna get remade in my opinion it's true well now you can get your feet wet and learn at least the ropes i'm sure it plays a lot differently if they are making this yeah yeah um let's jump into the lowdown if you want to be a part of the conversation or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on you have a number of ways to reach us including a couple new ones which i think is really cool first of all we can be reached at mn gamers podcast on twitter um, if you don't use twitter we have a couple of ways to get in touch and keep in touch with what goes on here uh, we have a new Discord server. Um, I'm not 100% sure how we're giving out invites to that, but just DM the the cast and crew on Twitter or shoot us an email and we'll figure out how to get you into the Discord if you're interested. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been some fun conversations and uh, we're still building out the channels and stuff in there. Um, brand new as of a whopping 12 minutes ago, we have a voicemail where people can call in and leave us voice messages that we can then have on the podcast. Um, that number is 507-291-2991. Um, give us a call and let us know what you're playing or drop a mostly normal question and we'll try and include you in the next episode. Uh, create more editing work for AJ. Hey, either way, that's super cool. It'd be nice to get some random people's voices on the podcast. So I'm sure I love have heard enough randomness. Of ours. <laughs> um, you can also reach out to us the old fashioned way at our email address, podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Uh, mostlynormalgamers.com happens to be our website. You can go check that out. Uh, you can sign up for our, our newsletter, Mostly Normal Monthly, there, as well as at mngamers.substack.com, where you can find all of our old issues of it. Um, yeah, that's the spiel. Um, 
thanks for the continued support. And we're going to jump into what we've been playing. I'd like to start with AJ uh, and ask, AJ, what have you been playing in this fine time since we last talked? It's been a while. Well, I just blah, I just started playing a game that came out on Tuesday. It's called MLB The Show 21. And I've been a huge like baseball fan in general, but also baseball video game fan like all the way back to like the Ken Griffey days uh probably even earlier like Tecmo Ball or whatever Tecmo Ball cousin yeah. of Tecmo Ball <laughs> whatever it's called yeah <laughs> um mm. so yeah um there's some things that like all right so basically I was a huge MLB 2K fan back in the day mm. because mm-hmm. they did these things with the pitching that was really cool called pitch gestures where like when you are the pitcher, uh, instead of just like hitting the button, you know, X once and then again for the power and then again for the accuracy, uh, there's actually like an analog stick gesture that you use to make the pitch. So like to make throw a fastball, you just go down and then up. Uh, to throw like a curveball, you would go like, you know, depending on the handedness of the pitcher, like yeah. down and to the right and then sweep up like all the way around to the top and let go. And that would be the pitch and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah. And this game really introduces that for the first time since MLB 2K quit making games. Like Mm. they had a similar thing that was like, it was pretty much always down and up, but like the location of the up changed based on where you were aiming it. Uh, But the gesture was the same for every pitch. It didn't matter. It, like maybe like the speed of the gesture was faster for a fastball or something like that. But right. with this, uh, all the gestures are back for every pitch. And it even adds another like extra layer to it where like when you make the gesture, uh, like let's say for the curveball, like you go down to the right with the stick, swoop all the way around to the top. And then you have to like hold it for a second uh, as like the accuracy things like, you know, come together and then you like time it with them like uh, like the bars like the circles coming together and then you go down to where you started the gesture and that down part changes depending on where you're aiming so like it added this extra layer of complicity to the gestures but also like made it so like the accuracy is involved in it like much more thoroughly like i really love what they're doing with it and that's just like the pitching alone. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I remember games like um, I was just talking to a coworker about the game fight night round three on Xbox 360, yeah. where you threw your punches and it was a different punch motion, depending on what you did with the sticks Yeah, um, on each side for each fist. Um, and I was just also thinking about, you know, anytime that you get these motions incorporated in a game, I think about the hit stick and the juke stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I think it was called the trick stick because it had to rhyme um, back in the old Madden games from like the 2005, 2006 time period. Um, and I just thought that made those games so much more interesting to me as a person who doesn't get into the nitty gritty parts of the sports. It almost turns them into like fighting games um, in a way to me where you're like executing on these motions and like able to maybe more embody what the person who is in the game, like your avatar in the game, what they're doing. I always Mm -hmm. thought that was really cool and like a smart approach to that. Yeah. I've had a lot of fun with, with the pitch gestures so far in 20 in MLB 21. It's 
like for, I played an entire game or like three fourths of a game uh, before I realized that you had to do the last like accuracy swoop because I was doing like MLB 2K9. Like the, I think the last time they made a game was 2009 or somewhere right around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like just doing the gesture and letting it go versus like doing the gesture and then going back down for the accuracy thing. So I was like, why isn't this working? And I did pretty like surprisingly well uh, for the, <laughs> for having absolutely no accuracy. But <laughs> uh, as soon as I learned that, it became way more fun. Yeah, for sure. That's rad. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about downloading this because I have it on. I could get it through Game Pass, um, which I just oh, think yeah. is is a wild thing, right? Like the Sony published and developed game is available on on xbox and also on xbox game pass yeah i there's actually a noticeable difference between like when i'm playing like i can tell when i'm match made with somebody who's on ps4 or xbox 360 or xbox one x probably whatever uh like there's a loading screen where i have to like watch the picture and it says like waiting for other user like whatever their name is and i'm like why is this taking so long i'm like oh yeah that's right they have a loading screen here (laughs) oh wow interesting yeah yeah (laughs) i i'm surprised to hear that um but maybe it's on like an older version of a system like the is it like universal crossplay like ps4 ps5 yeah that's what i'm saying one yeah i i think um it's amazing that it's crossplay out the gate. I I love seeing that, especially in sports games where it's like, you know, how much exclusive features are you even going to have in a game, right? It, I think that's a really awesome thing to have, and well, I and imagine that's going to thrive with crossplay and Game Pass. Like, what a good combination! Yeah, well, and it also it works. <laughs> like you know, Outriders is still having trouble. Like I tried the other day to log on, and I still couldn't get into the servers. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. On day one, they're able to make this baseball game work across all platforms flawlessly. Which also, I think, says something about how I think they were taking special care with this one because it was the first like time it was coming off of Sony exclusivity. Mm-hmm. So I think they like put extra special care into this version. Which is, I think, uh, if you're going to, if you haven't played a baseball game in a long time, I think this is the one to pick up. Awesome. Yeah. I, I have like memories of renting a baseball game or two way back when, you know, it it wasn't even when I would go to Blockbuster. It was at like, you know, whatever the more local video store chain. Right. Um, and, um, having a good time with it, but always it being a way to like play against friends. So maybe jumping in online and getting some crossplay going would be a good start. Yeah. I've actually only played it online, so I can't speak to like road to the show or anything like that yet. I just like learned the mechanics and then went immediately to like online ranked play and that's all I've played. <laughs> Amazing. Um, well, speaking of, of game pass, uh, I, was lucky enough to chill over the weekend and check out the game Carto, which I think you've played a little bit of too, right, AJ? The Yeah. The cartography and map making puzzle game um, that's published by Humble Games. Um, my girlfriend and I sat and passed the controller and kind of passed our brains back and forth trying to solve a couple of the puzzles. And like she would get stuck on one uh, and then I, I would be able to kind of pick it up because some of the 
puzzles she would get stuck on are more like game like video gamey logic yeah um mm-hmm. not to say that she doesn't really play a ton of video games she she plays games but um and then you know she was able to kind of breeze through some of the more like puzzle logic stuff because she's just brilliant at that stuff but um to people who who don't know about this game uh, just a quick refresher it's it's a game where you play uh, a young child named carto who gets separated from uh his grandma i believe carto's a boy it's uh my brain is bad or maybe it's her. It's his granddaughter. Her granddaughter. I'm pretty sure it's a girl. Oh, it's granddaughter. Okay. Yeah. Um, Either way, you're like an adorable child. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you get separated from your grandma, and you go on this quest to try and get back to your grandma's airship. Um, it. The mechanics are that uh, your grandma had this like puzzle. A map where if she moved a piece of the map, it moved the land underneath her. And so you're using that mechanic of moving these uh, squares of a map around to kind of rearrange uh, the landscape that you're walking around on on these various islands. It's super cool. Um, it reminds me a lot of the board game Carcassonne. Have you ever played that one, AJ? Yeah, I have. Well, yeah. not the board game. I've played like the played... Switch version of the board game. Yeah. So, like, um, the thing that's really fun about that is um, that board game has a map and you build it out slowly over time, right? And so you need to line up the sides of the map pieces so that they connect correctly. So if there's like a bridge on one part, uh, you have to line it up with a bridge piece on the other side of a piece and and things like that, um, which is like 100% the mechanics of this game, Carto. Um, things yeah. that stood out to me are the writing is genuinely funny and charming yeah. and cute. Um, the art style is fantastic. The characters are really endearing. Um, it gets very, very weird very quickly in terms of like, you're just like messing with reality in a way that I think is really cool, but they like play it off really mundane, which is kind of rad. Um, I, I've like really been enjoying it. I think we're like six or seven chapters into it at this point. Um, and I'm really looking forward to closing it out. I think it's got a really great difficulty curve where like the puzzles are like a little bit challenging but um not really impeding our progress that much um and it's just rad um did you make it super far into this game i made it pretty far i guess i don't really i I don't think i actually technically finished it Mm -hmm. but i made it to like a different like a couple different I guess almost genomes is what I'd call it. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Um, Just like, you know, it's the lava level, it's the the (laughs) desert level, it's the ice level kind of energy. Um, Yeah, rad. I um, I'm really excited to to finish it up. I I think it's super cool. Um, Maybe I did finish it. I'm I'm starting to remember some ending things, but I think maybe there was like one last part I didn't do. Yeah, I. Um, I also had a chance, I know you touched on Outriders like a tiny bit. Um, I got that through Game Pass and just did kind of like the opening mission of it. Oh, yeah. Um, and like got my powers and and kind of like pushed through to the part where it like turns into that like hub area that all of these, um, I know it's not a game as a service game, but like all of the looter shooter games have these kind of like hub areas where you interact with the npcs and stuff and so i I just got to that part um the shooting feels pretty fun and frenetic um i picked uh you'd be better with the class names because i think you're better at 
uh, you've been more invested in it, but the one that uh, encourages you to get up close and heals you if you're in close range. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. People. I think a couple do that, but there's the assassin that does like the warping. Yeah, and then that's I think, the one. Okay, yeah. And um, he like he does like the sword chop that like makes their skeletons go like. <laughs> yeah, you know that sword chop like. Um, my one piece of feedback on like game feel for that and like granted i haven't been playing i played like all of an hour of this game at most um is that that sword chop ability doesn't feel chunky enough like it doesn't have feedback when it makes contact with the enemies and so it's hard for me to tell if i've hit them yeah Um, i agree but i think that's also kind of the point of like the weapon because it's like uh like ethereal or something <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i understand that too conceptually I, I i just i always like to have like um that's something that i've started noticing in in games especially games that have like action to them is like that need for like a, a sense of collision a sense of impact on on hits um is really missing um anyways especially when compared to uh I had jumped into Monster Hunter Rise on the Switch uh, and just was doing the tutorial area where you try out the different weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the sense of impact and collision and like weight that all of those weapons have is so, so important to that way that that game feels just from like toying around with all the different ones. For sure, dude. Even even the opposite. Like um, there are times when your sword is like very sharp and you can just like, almost feel it like cutting through the monster as opposed to like when it's dull and it's like bouncing off um mm-hmm. just something about like the lighting that they put at the round like the tip of the sword through like the swoop changes just enough to like i don't know <laughs> yeah i um i really want to get more into that but um i made the mistake of playing a bunch of hearthstone and trying to keep up with my friends in final fantasy 14 and it's just made it really hard to start another ongoing game uh because that is kind of like a game that you you keep up in in a way i feel like um yeah i don't know i think i've played so many hours of it that i I can kind of pick up and play now if i'm using like my main weapon if i'm using a different weapon i have to think constantly for sure i mean it, it makes sense that you would though right it's like you're practically playing a completely different character yeah. or something when you switch weapons and that which is really cool but Um, it's also really overwhelming as a new player. You know, I have this sense of like, uh, analysis paralysis when they say, you know, here's 12 or 13 different weapons to pick from at the start (laughs) of the game. Um, but I think I'm going to go with the bow. Okay. um, Which I feel weird about because like the game feels like it's all about these big, weighty, chunky swords. Yeah. It's going to be harder for you to fight monsters by yourself, I think. But also I don't want to do that. Yeah, but also because it's not, it doesn't do as much damage per hit or whatever DPS kind of thing. But mm, mm-hmm. if you do it right, you can. I don't know. There's like a cool move that shoots through like the whole monster when you paralyze them. That thing's awesome. I right. played the bow. Like bow is the second weapon I ever played. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I feel like I need to close out Dark Souls before I dedicate time to that game just because i think they're both really like combat focused the dodge button the same that's the key (laughs) oh man i don't even want to start thinking about that honestly um if the dodge button's the same it's fine (laughs) yeah i i need to set some time aside uh coming up here to to dig back into dark souls i've kind of like 
put it on a little bit of a pause. I got to Ornstein and Smaug, which is like a very infamous two boss boss fight. Um, got so close to beating it and then um, just like embarrassed myself by dying in front of this first ever player that I summoned into my game. <laughs> And like kind of like noped out after that pretty quickly because I had to go do other stuff. But um, yeah, I've been playing a bunch of games and I know it's been a while since I've been on the podcast. So I'm just kind of like word vomiting uh, all the different stuff I've been checking out. Um, but yeah, it's been good times. Um, speaking of all the different games, let's jump into the news. What do you say? Yeah, news. Blue. <laughs> The first story I want to jump into is uh, Sony U-turning on its decisions to close the PlayStation 3 and PS Vita digital stores. Uh, We're reading the story from Andy Robinson over at videogameschronicle.com. Jim Ryan said in a statement that they have realized they made, quote, the wrong decision in planning to close those stores. Uh, However, the PSP store will still close as planned on July 2nd. Um, You know, I think uh, people who care a lot about game preservation and game access and have a a fear of the digital future took the news that Sony was closing uh, those different online stores uh, pretty hard um, and are kind of seeing this backpedaling as, as the right choice in listening to a bunch of of player and fan feedback. Um, what do you think about this, AJ? I, I guess 100% agree. Why not leave these up for people to enjoy and buy, you know, forever, I guess. Uh, John Hitz was saying before, he like, he can't imagine it costs, like, that much for them to, like, maintain this, like, as memory gets cheaper and cheaper. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm not an expert on that either. But yeah, it's nothing bad for me to say about this other than it doesn't really affect me personally just because I don't like play many old games. Uh, but I also do care about, you know, protecting their existence. So um, when it comes to that aspect, I'm 100% for it. Mm-hmm. Um, things that I think about are, you know, at, at the end of the day, like all of this stuff is a, is a, business and economic decision right and so like there must have been a point at which sony said the cost of upkeeping these various online stores does not make up you know it's not being made up in sales anymore right right i don't know very many people who are like picking up a vita for the first time and downloading a bunch of virtual games vitas are super expensive right now by the way as a person who like recently went to look for one um, I think their price like has only gone up. Um, but um, I do, you know, the preservationist part of me, the historian part of me um, is really grateful that they changed their mind, at least for now. Um, further on in the story from VGC, uh, it says a VGC analysis had suggested that around 140 PlayStation games would no longer have been available for purchase in any form uh, if Sony had closed PSP Vita and PS3 stores, um, now a fall smaller, a far smaller number of titles around 35 digital only PSP games will disappear following the 
July store closure. Um, I think that's a loss, right? Um, I know people have pointed out like developers study games and like try to iterate on past games. And like, um, I think as a, as a community of players, our, our memories are like, awareness of the history of games is already really short term. Um, and so things like this only makes that memory harder to maintain and that knowledge base harder to keep um, relevant, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, the next story also from Video Games Chronicle uh, is Chris Schoolion. I don't, I struggle so much with the last names, you know? That looks good. Scullion. 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 Um, Chris Scullion uh, says that Sony has patented an AI that will play your games for you. Yeah, this is a, I get a kick out of this. This is, this is wild. So um, Sony has uh, patented a way for an AI to study the way that you would play a game over time and then potentially take over playing for them. Um, it's detailed in a recent pat patent application uh spotted by segment next which describes the feature as an automated artificial intelligence control mode for playing specific tasks during gaming applications um it says tasks that are difficult for the user be taken uh, in the quote over. that i'm reading too so like it must take over in different parts but that's so if you can't beat this part how is the AI that's based on you going to take over and beat it, right? I guess it's it's learning from your faults and making up for it. Oh, well, that's not exactly what I thought it was. I, I was imagining, like, the game makes, like, another me, and then when I'm, like, going to work, it can, like, go farm, like, lumber for me in my farming game. <laughs> yeah, so that was my, like, initial read on it, just based off the headline, but... Yeah. um what dawns on me is like, this is probably going to be amazing for accessibility stuff across yeah. the board. Right. Like, um, did Sony just patent the, the easy mode for a dark souls game for a souls game for a FromSoft game that people have been craving for forever so that they can explore those worlds and like exist in those spaces that are like prohibitively difficult. Right. Yeah. Um, I think about, uh, you know, Folks who um, have motor function disabilities uh, or any other form of of disability that kind of prohibits uh, their ability to play every game, um, talk about a great way of of kind of coping with that situation. Um, and so, like the jaded part of me says, like, oh, like, oh, they're gonna make a thing for you to play games so that you don't even have to play them anymore. But, <laughs> yeah, um, what is that? <laughs> but I think there's a really bright, bright shining silver lining to this that could hopefully be like one of the biggest steps forward in accessibility probably since the xbox adaptability controller yeah and Um, how cool is it that it's not just like doing the same thing for everyone it's like basing it off of i don't know maybe even like decisions you made in previous games or something like that yeah i hope it i hope it's robust and flexible and um and optional for people who do not want that anywhere near their stuff but i love i love having the option um i hate the idea that we're diving into ai um but that's because i grew up in the 90s and am highly skeptical of technology how 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um, speaking of technology, Xbox cloud gaming for windows 10 PC and Apple phones and tablets begins as a limited beta for Xbox game pass ultimate members. Yay. Um, this is by Catherine Gluckstein, pre- uh, VP and head of product for XCloud over at the Xbox Wire blog. Um, this rolled out earlier this week and uh, was being sent out in like a limited invitation only format to Xbox Live Ultimate Game Pass members. Um, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members. Talk about a bunch of different words that are. <laughs> hard to piece together um i think this is great i've been excited about this uh for a while especially ever since i got the iphone 12 um like i think would do a great job of handling this um but then like i also think about how i just have a switch to do this um so i'm not 100 sure how much use i'll actually get out of this but i do think it's awesome that they're finally finding a way to support ios through that web browser Mm -hmm. Uh, extension for this and i'm actually more excited about the idea of being able to set down my laptop plug or connect a controller to it over bluetooth and play on my laptop more so than my phone um i feel like that just would make a lot a, a huge impact in the way that i use my game systems so yeah i for sure will play more game pass whenever i get this on ios um but that's not saying much because i hardly play it now it's just having it on in like my hand will be like oh i need to kill 10 minutes maybe i can open game pass so i will for sure use xbox more if they get this in my hands Mm -hmm. the next xbox story that i pulled uh just arrived minutes ago and it's from Major Nelson's blog saying uh, that certain EA titles are now getting access to the FBS boost feature on the Xbox Series X and S. Um, so uh, just a quick rundown of that list, um, all of which I believe, or, or several of which are in EA Play uh, through Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, Battlefields 1, 4, and 5, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, uh, Plants vs. Zo- zombies uh, games across the board, like a you know PVZ, Garden Warfare one and two, and Battle for Neighborville, um, Sea of Solitude, Star Wars Battlefront one and two, Titanfall one and two, and Unravel two, are all getting boosts up to 120 hertz. That's uh, cool. It looks like uh, Sea of Solitude's boosted to 60 hertz. Um, and everything else seems like it's getting boosted to 120 on Series X and S. Um, just cool to see that feature expand slowly over time um, and to see it be with a company like EA that they're partnering so closely with on Game Pass. Um, yeah, that's super cool because I, as far as I know, uh, and I own Battlefront 1 and 2, or at least 2. I don't know about 1. I had 1 physically at one point. Um, regardless, I don't know that they're getting any kind of frames per second upgrade on PlayStation five. So it's a big bonus if you're in the Xbox land. Yeah. I think it's a really cool sign of like the philosophy that Xbox has taken with the series X and series S that I was so excited about, like the whole reason that I jumped into 
this generation with Xbox was this idea that your old games continue to have value um, and they're trying to make it as seamless and as positive of an experience as you can have going back and exploring those older games, um, whether it's, you know, uh, this FPS boost feature, um, whether it's full backwards compatibility almost for generations from the original Xbox forward. Like, I think it's a bunch of smart ideas and then they've gone in to make those old Xbox games look and play even better than ever. Um, I'd be really curious to like jump into some of these shooters and, and, you know, I have this new TV that I splurged on um, that has uh, 120 Hertz support um, because of the HDMI 2.1 that I spent too much money to get. Um, so maybe <laughs> I can finally take advantage of it and see like, some of these really high frame rates on my TV, you know? Yeah, that sounds awesome. Hopefully. Last but not least, another EA story, which is also a Star Wars story. Jordan Alleman over at IGN, the Imagine Games Network, says... Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake reportedly coming from port studio Asper. Um, this news broke during a MinMax interview with Jason Schreier about his book, uh, where he said that it sounds like uh, there's going to be a KOTOR remake currently in development. Um, Eurogamer backed up that assertion, saying it had heard of Asper's involvement as well. Uh, they're known for releasing straight ports often, it says in a quote from Eurogamer, um, but work is currently underway to make the project more of a remake instead. Uh, they recently worked on a number of Star Wars ports, uh, including most recently the PS4 and Switch versions of Republic Commando. Um, so it sounds like there will be a remake of KOTOR near you all of these great bioware games getting the remake and update treatment yeah because they can't make anything new oh i <laughs> i um <laughs> i love 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 mass effect and i'm growing to get more into star wars as i slowly venture through the clone wars uh tv show that's kind oh, yeah, of yeah that's a, a good way to get into it <laughs> yeah no for I sure love I, um it's it's a good show for sure. I um, I get more and more excited about finding new ways to explore that universe. And KOTOR has been on my pile of shame for a long time. Um, I was thinking about just trying to install like these like robust fan mods for the PC version and explore it that way. But um, I do already own KOTOR on my PC. Um, and I think it's dirt cheap on xbox right now i think you can buy kotor for 10 bucks um and it's like fully playable through backwards compatibility so um yeah i again like circling back to that conversation about about game preservation and and being able to like keep uh access to old games available whether that's through what xbox is doing with backwards compatibility whether that's sony turning around and changing their mind about closing down the old playstation stores like I think, you know, the remake isn't going to be the exact same experience, which I know is important to some people to preserve that initial experience. But I think even this is like a step towards keeping 
old and important games accessible, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. How about cool we jump beans. into a mostly normal question? I'm down. Um, so this this user Stellar Smalls in mm-hmm. our in our Discord uh, proposed the question. Uh, I don't know if you, have you heard of this person before. I'm not familiar with Stellar no. Smalls. <laughs> Never. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we have a new listener. You know, it's always nice to see support. <laughs> um, so Angie jumped into our mostly normal question uh, thread and asked, "Have you ever wanted to live in a world from a game? If so, which one and why?" Um, and to give you a little bit of time to think, AJ, uh, James Butler Primus Halliday <laughs> jumped in and shared uh, he's always wanted to live in Wind Waker uh, because he loves the ocean and the world is just so colorful. I would, he says, I would love to just lay on in the sun on Windfall, Windfall Island or Outset Island. Uh, he also says, or Final Fantasy IX in Lindblum because it's a gorgeous city with airships and a world ripe for adventure. They also have a huge theater district and I'm down for that. Those both sound like awesome suggestions to me. Um, Dude, that's funny. Like as you were reading the question, Final Fantasy IX popped into my head because those airships are awesome. And there's like a really cool cutscene where they're just like flying overhead and like the city's bustling. And yeah, that would be a pretty cool. Plus like there's like magic and shit in final fantasy land so like yeah yeah not only is it like really cool like city but (laughs) there's like cool abilities as well um another thing that immediately i thought about was no man's sky although i don't know that i want to be alone like forever basically Uh, (laughs) it'd be a very desolate yeah i think it'd be pretty cool though like to like have a ship like that that can just like go to explore other galaxies and stuff like that so there's that as well um i also think um assassin's creed odyssey would be a really fun place to live in because it's just like well i guess depending on certain decisions you make like like i think a plague can happen if you (laughs) do certain things but but like i feel like for the most part uh you know people are just like enjoying life drinking wine and like banging each other (laughs) so i'd be for that (laughs) um that's delightful Uh, (laughs) i had similar answers to james um i thought breath of the wild would be a really wonderful place to spend time uh post calamity um kind of be in that post-apocalyptic world that's rebuilding and full of beautiful nature um, and then I also said um, Evil Ace, which is the world of Final Fantasy Tactics Advance and Final Fantasy XII. Um, it kind of has that similar Final Fantasy IX, like, airshipy vibe, but it also has Star Wars energy and um, just seems like it would be, like, a really cool world to be just a citizen in, um, mm. not, not to mention the promise for adventure that both of those worlds have. Um, would just being a normal ass NPC change your approach to how you would answer this question? Yeah, probably because then you're most likely stuck to like wherever, like, because James was sp- picking like specific cities in final fantasy nine. He wasn't like final fantasy nine. So mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, for a hundred percent it would. Cause I wouldn't want to live in 
oh, I'm completely like winter hold or whatever in Skyrim, like <laughs> the up north, like you know, uh, dust like broken down city that's always frozen. But uh, there's parts of Skyrim I'd want to live in. Like, <laughs> don't you already kind of live in Skyrim since you live in Minnesota, though? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, for the north. There's, there's less mountains. <laughs> Um, although you don't get to see cool dragons fly above your head very frequently. I That's imagine. true. Well, AJ, this has been a super, super fun episode for me. It's been a blast getting to talk with you. Um, I would love to hear from some of our listeners if they want to reach out on any of our ways that you can reach us and let us know uh, their answer to that question. Have they wanted to live in a world from a game and which one and why? If so, um, please hit us up. Um AJ, would you let everyone know where they can reach you? Yeah, you can find me at AJ underscore ID on Twitter. That's E-I-D-E. Give me a follow. Nice. You can find me at VG Occasion on Twitter. I re-downloaded the app to my phone, so I'm a little bit more back online again. Um, I'm taking a break from the Monday morning coffee streams at my Twitch, which is also VG Occasion. Um, just trying to squeeze a little bit more free time into the day. <laughs> um, if you want to keep up with the show and, and hit us up with the answers to the mostly normal question or a new question to ask on next week's podcast, uh, you can contribute to the content by sending emails to podcast at mostly You can follow us on Twitter at MN gamers podcast. Sign up for Mostly Normal Monthly, our newsletter at mngamers.substack.com. And please, on your podcast service of choice, leave us a five-star review. Uh, it helps get our visibility up, helps reach new audiences, and get some, some new listeners to the show, which we always want to be doing. We want to kind of expand who's, who's tuning in and, and grow our small community uh, of listeners. That's going to do it for today. Go out and enjoy nature. It's Earth Day when we're recording this. Uh, so go enjoy the nice weather. Hopefully spring's springing where you live and you can go get some beautiful sunshine. Yeah. Take your bike. Oh, man. I would love to go on a bike ride this weekend. Anyway, that's <laughs> going to do it for us. Bye, everyone. Bye. Cool. Good times. <laughs>